From the legendary white cliffs of Dover above the English Channel to the harbor at Penzance near the tip of Cornwall, there's no shortage of interesting historic sites to explore in the south of England. We can start where a duke known as William the Bastard from Normandy in France came ashore at Hastings in October of the year 1066. He would become known as William the Conqueror by the time he made it to London. Our guides to the historic sites of the south of England are Mark Seymour and Tom Hooper. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. So do you ever imagine what it was like when uh, William the Bastard landed on those beaches in the south of England? Mark, can you kind of explain the excitement of that event and the importance of it and what we might see today as tourists? It must have been fascinating. It was a very brutal time right across Europe. This man laid a claim on the English throne. He came, he saw, he conquered. Um, There's a place down there in Hastings, we call it, Battle Abbey, Uh, a number of sites down there which are very relevant to that particular event. I think uh, the course of British history, not just English history, British history has, has been run the way it has because of this one event, this invasion of... Uh, of How the, so? How could it have been so important? Changed the whole government. Changed the government. You were more centralized after that? Uh, what's more, it was feudal. It became feudal. It introduced the feudal system, basically. Now, William the... Uh, he was named William the Bastard, right? Until he, he had his, this big his original French nickname was William the Bastard. He was illegitimate. Okay, he lands, he wins, suddenly he decides, you know, I like this name better, let's call me William the Conqueror. But that was the name given to him in France afterwards. Is that right? We still kept the bastard. Yes. He basically decides he owns everything, going to change the entire system, but of course you do need to be crowned. So he was crowned on Christmas Day, 1066, in Westminster Abbey as King of England. A date every English school kid, I'm sure, has to remember. Now, when we're looking at this Battle of Hastings uh, lore, we can go to, um, Mark, what did you say? It's Battle Abbey. Uh, Battle Abbey is one of a number of sites down there on the south coast, uh, reputed to be the site of the actual battle. Um, there's some debate about that at the moment, but uh, it certainly it, it, it attracts people. For, I agree with you. For a very long time, people would go to Battle Abbey and you'd look out over the landscape, which isn't quite as it was then, and they think this is where the battle took place. Some of the latest researchers... It took place under a roundabout in the village yes. of Circle. Is that right? Because yes. I remember going there and walking through it like we'd walk through Gettysburg here in the United States or something, and they yes. said, this happened here and this yes, happened there, but right. you never yes, really know. Done it, yeah. A lot of a military history, and if you go, we're talking about the south of England, if you go to Dover, I mean, Dover is sort of the, the jumping-off point for Britain. We've got the, the famous White Cliffs of Dover. Talk about the geology all across south England, because it's not just unique to Dover. Um, there are many, many prominent features, and of course the south coast is known for the White Cliffs of Dover, chalk, chalk, and more chalk. Beautifully white in some areas, uh, uh, polluted in others, but uh, some of the beautiful stretches of beachy head. Um, so in South England, you've got this thin layer of topsoil. Dig down below that, you've got this chalk. White chalk. We all, we all have images of the White Cliffs of Dover, but actually anywhere, uh, any number of places along the south there of England. There will be bluebirds over the White, white Cliffs of Dover. Dover. Tomorrow, just you wait and see, the World War II hit with Vera Lynn. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> to the White Cliffs of Dover. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about the charms and the White Cliffs of the south of England. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Susan's calling in from Loomis in California. Susan, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. Good to be here. Hi. Do you have a, a comment about your travels in the south of England or the Dover area? Uh, I love Dover. I've been there five or six times now. Dover Castle was mm. actually my first trip to England. And I'm a huge history buff, especially World War II history. So that's what led me there. So Dover Castle, what was it about Dover Castle that, as a history buff that you liked? The wartime tunnels. Now, the wartime tunnels, uh, 
Tom or Mark, what, what are the historic importance of these? The uh, Admiralty during the uh, Second World War, um, they uh, realized that Germany was a threat just across the channel, 24 miles away across the straits. They could actually wave at each other on a clear day if they wished it. And of so course, they were we, actually standing off there. They could, they knew was this was just a stand yes, up. The British, the, the, were there. the British thought there was going to be an invasion, but we had to protect the the channel anyway. Um, this was a focal point. So uh, they, we literally tunneled into the soft rock. And we created a huge underground system of uh, tunnels and chambers to help protect that area. And also part of the planning of the war as well. Now, did those tunnels? have anything to do with the French threat during the Napoleonic Age. Yeah, there are also, <laughs> there are also tunnels that go back to the Napoleonic times. So where... at Dover, you've got this closest yeah. point to the continent, and it happens to be capped by a, a Roman lighthouse, so it goes back yes. 2,000 years yes. from, and, uh, from a military point of view, and, and you've got the yeah, you've embattlements got the... anticipating a French invasion and then later yes. a German invasion. You've got, the, you've got the oldest building, basically, in England. Then you've got the extraordinary Dover Castle, which used to be said if you won that, it was the gateway to England. What is the oldest building? Uh, the lighthouse. Oh, the actual Roman yeah, lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Susan, when you were at the uh, Castle of Dover, what do you remember from a, a vivid military history point of view? The views over the channel mm-hmm. from Admiralty Lookout. It was incredible. And then uh, standing near Hellfire Corner as well. So what is Hellfire Corner? Uh, that is actually where... Uh, Admiral Ramsey could look out across the channel from the tunnels under the castle. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. to think that they could actually look out and they knew that, that the Germans, the Nazis, wanted to get over there and they were just getting ready for the offensive. It Was the miracle of Dunkirk in the same area, Tom or Mark, or where was that? Um, well, basically, it's, same it's, coast. it's the same coast, yeah. And uh, uh, the orders, as Tom said earlier on, the orders actually went out from those tunnels to collect small boats, a flotilla of small so boats to help evacuate the this was the desperate, the Allies the were in a corner in, any, uh, across the... Any boat you could get hold of. So uh, little fishermen, right. anybody with a ferry boat, anything, heading on over it's and even, a mass yeah. evacuation, Absolute. and they pulled it off. Susan, thanks for your call. Thank you. Joseph is calling in from Temple in Texas. Joseph, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. Do you have a a memory of South England in your travels? Yes, I would like to mention a wonderful place to visit, and that's Winchester Cathedral. Winchester Cathedral. Why did you like that so much? Well, uh, there's a lot of history to Winchester Mm -hmm. Cathedral. It's my understanding that in the day, all of the kings were crowned there, and there was a double crowning. You were coronated there and then had a second coronation uh, at Westminster in London. Hmm. Winch- Winchester is the older capital, you could argue. That's totally correct. And some of the uh, remains of the earlier kings are interred in Winchester. You're absolutely right. And the building itself is, I think you'd agree, phenomenal. It's a mixture of particularly Norman and Gothic architecture. So, Joseph, of all the cathedrals, why did you end up at Winchester Cathedral? Well, the other reason is that with a bit of genealogy searching, I figured out that my 12th great-uncle was the Bishop of Winchester and was actually buried there and actually performed the sermon for Queen Mary's funeral. Wow. Did you find his grave? We did. It was very interesting. You know, I went in, I thought, okay, well, we'll just wander around and I'll find the guy. And, (laughs) you know, after about one minute, it was obvious that that wasn't going to work because this place is full of dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Most most of our churches are. The stinking rich. So, (laughs) uh, you know, my wife was with me and so she'll always go ask someone. 
and they have a book that has a listing of every grave and monument in the church, and they hunt around a minute, oh, yes, oh, yes, he's suspended in the floor. Now, of course, although you, he, your answer is very famous, Jane Austen is the most famous burial in Winchester. In the, is that's that right? true, yeah. that's true. So Jane Austen so another, is buried next to your uncle. reason to mm. you know, make a pilgrimage to this site. All right. Joseph, thanks for your call. Thank you. You bet. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm joined by Mark Seymour and Tom Hooper, two English tour guides, and we're talking about the south of England. I want to talk about some of the, the main sites across the south of England. We haven't mentioned Canterbury. Why, why would somebody want to go to Canterbury? Canterbury is the cradle of Christianity, in a sense, in this country. In it's where Augustine arrived, having been sent there to Christianized the country in 595. So that's why the, the Anglican Cathedral is there, the headquarters That is of the why Anglican the headquarters, Church. the Archbishop of Canterbury's headquarters, and it's why it's the primate of all England. And then, Mark Seymour, when we think about Canterbury, we think about the 12th century assassination of Archbishop Thomas Becket. Why is that such a famous event in, in, in history in England? It prompted a, a, a change in our political system. There was a clash between the church and the state. Uh, the church, at that point in time, held much power, much land, much wealth. Okay. The state, i.e. royalty, they uh, were always struggling for funds, and this was a situation where uh, events were changed because church of the Church versus state, and money, a dramatic money. setting for an assassination. It's, it's, especially as, you know, you're talking of the church, which is um, Roman Catholic Church, and how much power the Pope has, how much power the king has, and the king wants the same power as the pope. And a few hundred years later, things come to head with mm. Henry VIII and the and, Reformation, and uh, not only and he dissolves all the monasteries, yes. right? And he just Absolutely. takes over the the church, yeah. the Reformation in England. Bam! Over eight hundred of them gone by. Wow! Fifteen forty. And all over England, you can see these ruined monasteries, yeah. everywhere, ruined abbeys. everywhere you go. Gorgeous abbeys, yeah, and now they're just like ornaments for beautiful parks. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. When you think about the south of England, a very uh, popular destination for people just looking for a a Coney Island is Brighton, and you can just go there direct, even in industrial times. Get on that train from London, straight south, yes. you get to Brighton. Yeah. What does Brighton mean to the people of England? It's the main, or at least it was historically, certainly back to the Victorian period, it was the main seaside resort for the whole of the southeast of England. Think of London, just an hour's uh, yeah. rail ride to the north, a huge industrial population. One of the biggest industrial cities in the world, and then right, right there made to order in an age long before you could fly to the south yep. coast of Spain. Get on a steam engine in those days, which was a new invention, get to the south coast in just a couple of hours, enjoy the sea for the it first al- time. It also causes the uh, downfall of Bath, because suddenly... Salt water in the seaside becomes the thing. So Bath so was Brighton. the uh, sort of the ultimate um, mineral spa town before that, yeah. before then, the industrial yeah, age. And, and then, you know, salt water is good for you. So you yeah. go to Brighton and you get these extraordinary terraces, row houses being built. And the society moves to Brighton and the Prince Regent, he builds this extraordinary overstated pavilion there. So like the Prince Charles of like, the day? Like the Prince Charles of his day. But yeah, he built the Brighton Pavilion, yeah, right? which is one of the three things that you should visit if you go to Brighton. It's wild. This is a very over-the-top palace. Quite yeah, nice to yeah. see. What are the other two things you The other two things I'd say would be to see the coast with the pier, which is your Coney uh, Island bit, and the other thing is the antiques bit, which is antiques. called the lanes. The lanes. Yeah, and these, these tiny little places you walk through. It's a hub for antiques yeah. collectors and dealers. I love that because for a tourist in, from America to go to an antique shop mm. in England is like, yeah. is like it's, way better than one. It's one after the other. 
please don't bring it all back home. Leave something for us. Yeah, I think we have to be careful what we can actually export <laughs> or something like that. But I am fascinated by the whole concept of the pier because back then people yeah. would get the fresh salt air. They didn't want to go out to sea. They, so. also, they also had these bathing machines mm. where you, you sort of were wheeled. This sort of hut type thing was wheeled into the sea Is and you'd right? walk down the steps into the water. So the, you could, it's a very um, high-class way very to, high class to, way to go bathing. Take, it was also a way to keep your privacy, of course. In those days, people didn't show anything. Even an ankle was, was uh, shocking. People um, would bathe so as if they're dressed in, in wetsuits. Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. <laughs> All right, now around Brighton, that was the sort of the Coney Island resort and, and where the elites probably would hang out, and you could have your candy floss on the pier, and I guess that's what you call cotton yes, candy. Yeah. But all around that is Beachy Heads in the South Downs area. Uh, Mark, talk about the, the wonder from a hiking point of view of Beachy Head. Well, again, picture the uh, the phrase, the White Cliffs of Dover. I mean, move it to Beachy Head. Um, these really are the epitome of White Cliffs. They're, they're yeah. gorgeous. They're high, splendid views, grass downs stretching for miles. It's like, um, a, it's like a golf course that goes right to the edge of the cliff it, mm-hmm. and it yes. plummets straight yes. down into the sea. And yes, there it, is the peril of it. Yeah, much of it does. But there's a there's a, a charming little villages, Alfriston, yes. places oh, like mm-hmm. this. Alfriston is phenomenal because it's it, it has, amongst other things, the first National Trust property, which is a barn. The National Trust is the charity in England that looks after and conserves buildings and landscape for the future. So if you want to enjoy the landscapes and the, and the heritage of England, South Downs is, is a delight. Our guides are recommending the sites in southern England right now on Travel with Rick Steves. Tom Hooper is a proud son of Cornwall and a certified Blue Badge guide based in London. Tom was given a Member of the British Empire Award by the Queen for helping to raise the country's standards for tourist guiding. Mark Seymour comes from Bath in the southwest of England and offers small group and family tours at seymourtravels.co.uk. They tell us about the death of Admiral Nelson in the Battle of Trafalgar with one of the worst puns you'll hear all year. It's in the program extra on our website at ricksteves.com radio. As a reminder, be sure to check websites for attractions you want to visit for the latest on their visitor policies. Fred's calling from Oak Hill in Virginia. Thanks for your call, Fred. Well, thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure. I'm calling about a different part of the south of England. Uh, One of my wife's ancestors is buried in Exeter Cathedral, and we were just thinking of visiting that site and also spending some time in that part of England. We're interested in how much time we should plan to drive around there, plus Devon and Cornwall. So if we were to include that area too, what sort of time frame should we plan? That's a great question. What's a good sort of uh, itinerary and vacation for this region? Depends where you're coming in from, but uh, let's assume the southeast, either a major airport like Gatwick or Heathrow, or even one of the ferry ports coming across from Europe. Um, so you're heading from the east to the west. Follow the main road, uh, dual carriageway and motorway, uh, running from Dover, potentially right through the south coast, stopping perhaps in Penzance. Heading back to Exeter, you would need uh, to do that comfortably, taking just a handful of sites, three to four days. I would also suggest that if you didn't want to do all the driving, which is... For some people, a little bit of edgy, mm. catch the train all the way down to Penzance, hmm. then hire your car, mm-hmm. drive and do your Devon and Cornwall bit, and then in this case, come up to Exeter. The cathedral is phenomenal. Mm. It is the thing in Exeter, and then return the car and come back. Now, if somebody wanted a, a more uh, complete look, you could quite reasonably pick up the car at the airport, yeah. use the motorways to get to the start and the end point, yeah. use small roads along the way, and you could conceivably, in 10 days, enjoy a trip from Dover 
all the way to Land's Edge in the southwest. And on that, you would hit all the places we've been talking about, plus you'd go to Portsmouth. And what are the big sites in Portsmouth? You've got now the the Maritime History Museum, the Naval Museum. You have uh, HMS Victory, um, Nelson's flagship. You've got the Mary Rose, Henry VIII's flagship. Um, That Mary Rose, that's that's quite a bit older. That's 500 years old, and that's an amazing artifact. But from a from a English patriotism point of view, to, it's almost like a shrine, isn't it, to go to Admiral oh, Nelson's ship? Absolutely, because it's, it's the Battle of Trafalgar, 21st of October, 1805. Mm-hmm. He finally puts to rest Napoleon's claim to the seas, and we name the channel the English Channel. Oh. Instead of the French it Channel. <laughs> oh, I'm, that's interesting. I never thought about that. <laughs> All right. The English survived that threat from the French. And, Fred, when you're talking about traveling across South England, you want to stop by Portsmouth. It's almost a pilgrimage for anybody who's going to be uh, celebrating uh, the Battle of Trafalgar to go to see HMS Victory. Well, that's great. We'll add that. Also, um, you continue, first of all, Devon, and then Dartmoor, and then you get to Land's End. Uh, Just very briefly, uh, Mark, I know you're from Devon. Tell us, in a nutshell, if you're traveling across South England, what you'd want to be sure to do in Devon. Um... As an American or any new world traveler, as I would say, American-Canadian, uh, I would stop off in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Plymouth is, uh, again, it's a huge naval town, naval establishment town. Some wonderful sights there, but in particular, if you go into the old quarter, you have the Citadel, you have the Hoe, uh, but you also have the Barbican. Now, the Barbican is where the Pilgrim Fathers sailed from. Hmm. The Mayflower. The Mayflower. All right. And Tom... Cornwall would be the sort of the finale of your trip across South England. It would be the grand finale. And Speaking as a Cornishman. Of course, as a Cornishman. And I, I think I would head down to the far end and probably base myself in Penzance, which is a very good place to go out from, and I would totally avoid going to Land's End. So we can save Fred and other travellers who have rented the car for this adventure a few hours by not driving all the way to Land's End, which mm. is quite a tourist trap, but there's plenty of worthy sort of finales of this South England there are, trip. There are, yeah, and there are lots of rocky coves all over that area, which would be for the same flavor as Land's End. There you go. Fred, thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a good day. Good luck on your trip. Thanks. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been joined by Mark Seymour and Tom Hooper to explore the attractions of the South of England. Mark and Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for having us. Hey, I'm Rick Steves, and I love art. And in my new book, Europe's Top 100 Masterpieces, I share my favorites with gorgeous photos and vivid descriptions. It's all in Europe's Top 100 Masterpieces, Art for the Traveler. It's available now at ricksteves.com.